Hello and welcome to Explicitly Us. Whether you're young, old, single or married, this podcast is for you. Light-hearted, family-friendly and full of laughs. It is guaranteed to put a smile on your face. So get on the treadmill or get another slice of cake, but just get ready because here they are. Live at the time of this recording, all the way from Table 19, your Pizzas Ready studio, here are your hosts, Andy and Trista. Those crickets are loud. I didn't hear them until you... Turned it off and turned it back on? (laughs) Yeah. We gotta remember not to record at night. (sighs) We've told ourselves this before, not to record at night because the bugs are so loud. Maybe everyone will like the ambiance. Perhaps. Um, we could sing for them. I don't think we in need to do that. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the crickets chirp tonight. Um, middle of the day, run the risk of lawnmowers. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Saturday, the people across the street were mowing their yard like the entire day. Really? I thought they would never stop. It was so Abby, loud. if you're if you're listening, it wasn't him. It was oh. the people in this middle section. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It wasn't you, Abby. If you're <laughs> listening, it wasn't you that my wife is complaining about. I thought it would never end. I just gave Abby the um, the podcast information the other day when we were at their house. Maybe he'll listen. Maybe <laughs> if he does, he better tell me. Shout out to Abby Concepcion. Awesome. How's your week been? Pretty good. Not terrible? Not terrible. Mine was pretty rough. I've had worse. (laughs) I was called in to go to court on Friday, and I had to travel about... Summoned, yeah. Summoned. They deliver the sheriff's department. This is the first court ordeal I've had to deal with as a witness, and they um, deliver the summons to your house. Basically, the sheriff's department does this tribunal court system. And they delivered it about a week before I needed to be there. And then I had to travel a total of about an hour. I had to get up really early in the morning to be able to be there and all this stuff. I get there, jump through all these hoops to get there. And the first person I see when I walk in is the lawyer for the prosecution. And he says, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm supposed to be here. They summons me to be here. He says, no, we don't need you here. And so somehow that message did not get passed to the people who served me. And Go figure. I had to be there when I didn't have to be there or reverse that. So that was kind of aggravating. Um, that was Friday, it was? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that was brutal. Besides that, the week's been good. We've been blessed. Was that a bird? <laughs> what are birds doing away with this? like a chirp. I don't know if any of this is going to come through because I usually use some pretty good filters and in post-production and editing. I usually use some pretty good filters, but I'm sure some of this will pick up through it. So I'm sorry if it does, but um, like Trista said, the ambience. Well, and I mean, like I listen to quiet, peaceful like stories sometimes and they have mm-hmm. this like background music playing. So mm-hmm. people like that, I guess. Yeah. Would you like to tell people about your app that you've been using? I can. Well, tell us about it. Um, it's called Abide. I guess it's like a relaxing, meditating type of app. 
And so they have stories you can listen to. They have like relaxing music. Um, some other stuff I haven't really investigated. But I, I've been using it to listen to stories at bedtime. And they have like you can say if you want to listen for 15 minutes, 30, an hour. And so they kind of adjust and set a timer and so then your story goes off i i didn't think i would enjoy it but i actually am enjoying it myself because um a lot of times not a lot of times often i'll i'll go to bed with a thousand things running through my head of things that i needed to do and didn't get done things i need to get done tomorrow things going through the week and then there's like that gnawing feeling of i forgot something um you know something's going on um I forgot to call somebody, you know, I forgot to return that email, all these things because I'm, I'm not as organized as I'd like to be. And boy, your mind just races sometimes at night and it gets really, really aggravating because you feel like you're not going to get a restful night's sleep, like you're preparing not to get a restful night's sleep. And that app is, is extremely soothing. Mm-hmm. And the people who are making that app do a really good job. Um, um, with yeah. their voice, I guess They're, is I would say. I want to call them narrators, but I don't know what you would call them. Um, peaceful orators. <laughs> yeah, yes. they they narrate their their storytellers. But you know, that's a talent, really. Have you ever met somebody who could just tell a story? Yeah, it's special. It is special, and I'm as an adult, I'm captivated. I think about um, our old pastor back in uh, Kentucky where we're from and uh, we still call him our pastor today but we're just not under his teaching right now but you know he is so funny he he's a good storyteller and he likes to gather kids around him and he'll tell them a story and be captivating and then he'll look up and half the church is looking at him like what's this story gonna turn into (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty awesome but yeah that's it's a good app and abide check it out i feel like it's 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 worth the money if you get a couple nights sleep more a year. It's worth the money. And so it is a you can do a 30-day free trial. This is not mm-hmm. an advertisement for them. We don't get any kickbacks from them. Nope. But this is a product placement, I guess. Yeah. Um, we've been advertising for people we know. Now we're advertising for complete strangers. It's called the Abide app. And A-B-I-D-E, Abide. Um, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you would be you would do better to pay the yearly subscription rather than pay for a music subscription or a you know video service subscription or something like that. You do better to do this, and uh, especially if you need something to help you relax and calm, relax. calm your mind, especially right. at night. Because then I Trista, find it most helpful. you have a lot of school things going on with the kids, and a lot of times they're doing homework at night, and your mind's still racing. And so we need to bring it down, bring it down. So it's been helpful. Thanks for sharing that with us. Sure. Are you doing anything else at night or uh, in the mornings or is there anything that you that gets um, you going? I usually do some reading um, after dinner and I'm kind of winding down for the night. I like to do some reading. I'm trying to do more reading. I used to read a whole lot more as a teenager and now it's hard for me to settle in and read. You know what I, I really enjoy is audiobooks. Audiobooks. 
um, a friend of that I had growing up. Um, I'm connected to them on social media, and we're kind of distant now. But I, it's funny they list their books that they read in a month, mm. and it's like twenty books, wow. like fifteen or twenty books in a month that they read. I'm like, that's not even possible. So they like put that in. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they're not reading; they're listening. Right, which I, 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 I don't. There, there's a difference. I think the the focal experience of reading it is different than hearing it just because, and you're a teacher, you know that people learn differently, yeah. right? So I think you're impacted differently, whether you're looking at it or reading it. Now for me, I'm mostly satisfied with being able to get the context of it. Right. I don't, you I don't just need want the story. I just want it. I just want the, what's in the book. Um, but yeah, they, so they listen to their audiobooks, and they also, I learned listen on like time and a half, or they'll do double time. If mm. they've read the book before, they'll do double time and like speed through it. Yeah. Um, I guess you can kind of experience it again. And if you come to a part you know you like, you could slow it down. I've done that on my Bible app sometimes going through like the list of names. <laughs> <laughs> double time this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Um, but audiobooks are so, so useful. Traveling, if I ever have a long trip, man. My- well, I mean, you can walk around the house like and do things. And be able to listen where you couldn't just carry mm-hmm. your book around right. like, everywhere you're going. Right. And the, the one I would say negative about audiobooks is they're very relaxing. And so if I'm trying to listen to an audiobook before bed, I'll fall asleep yeah. and wake up a couple chapters later or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, where was I? Where did I fall asleep at? And you don't know where you fell asleep at. It's usually right at the beginning when you started. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you read back to what you remember and go from there but I'm, I'm reading a few books what books are you reading exactly well I got a <coughs> your mother gave me some books for Christmas a couple oh. different series yeah this Christmas was like a major book Christmas so the ones she got me are like inspirational fiction mm-hmm. but the one series I'm reading right now is historical fiction and I really like that because it has a lot of history Within the story. So true history going on in the time of a made-up story. Yes. Like the first book I read in this series, the series is The Daughters of the Mayflower. So the first one was The Mayflower Bride. And so she was on the voyage on the Mayflower. Mm, And they create a story about... And so there's all of these lists of people who were actually on the Mayflower that she's interacting with. Mm. But hers was a made-up character. Interesting. And so then the next one was The Pirate Bride which was another point in time in history. And then the one I'm reading now is The Captured Bride. Okay. And this is during the, I think it's the French and Indian War. Awesome. So I like those. Um, I just started a couple that I really have only gotten through the introduction. One is called The Prisoner in the Third Cell. It was recommended to me. It's about John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And then another one that I saw a recommendation on Facebook is called Love Stories of Great Missionaries. What? And I just started it as well. Is it like husbands and wives? Love stories? No Um, way. Adoniram and Anne Judson, Robert and Mary Moffat, David and Mary Livingston, James and Emily Gilmore. Did you order that book or did somebody give Um, it to you? Amazon. I ordered it on Amazon because I saw somebody talking about it on Facebook. Okay. So... I just started that one. Well, these crickets are 
buzzing. They must be right outside the window. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So. And then the other one is called. Sorry, I have one more. Yeah, go ahead. I don't usually read this many books at once, and I'm a little bit struggling to to keep up in all of them. Did we talk about. Did we ever talk about the revelation I had? uh, Like, just the. How do I say this? The coming to the realization that. You don't have to read one book until it's finished and then start another one. Like I, I always read that way. Like you have to read one book, finish yeah. it, then go to another. I don't know why I've always thought that. And then it hit me one day that read as many as you want and have bookmarks in well, there. Well, and I think it's different if you're reading different genres and different topics. You know, I wouldn't want to read like maybe three or four of my fictional. Oh, yeah. You'll use, lose track of the yeah. stories. They'll meld together. Right. But if you're in different topics, then sure. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing that because, and we'll get into some of mine in a, in a minute. I'll mention some of my books um, that I'm currently reading. But I I enjoy that because sometimes you don't feel like reading a fiction. You feel like reading an inspirational. Yeah. And sometimes you don't feel like reading that. You feel like reading comical. And sometimes you feel like reading history. Depends and, on your mood. Yeah. yeah. And so I've really enjoyed that. But what's your fourth book? Um, the last one is called The Burden Bearer by Paul Chapel. This one was given to me in um, I've really enjoyed it. It follows kind of the same um, pattern of Pilgrim's Progress. What is what is that called? It's like allegory. Allegory. Um, okay. Are there I, characters? In I it? wasn't expecting. Yes, there are. Okay. And I wasn't expecting that when I started it, and I think it's really cool. I really like that style. Um, but then it also has like inspirational, helpful things as it talks about the characters. I want, and what I want they to do represent. that book next. I'm going to do that after you're done. I really would recommend this to everyone. The burden in every bearer. stage of life. The burden bearer. Paul Chapel, the burden bearer. Who's carrying your load? Yep. Uh, you can find that on Striving Together. I think it's called. Uh, is that his website? Strivingtogether.com. I think it is. Yes. And he pastors. I want to say Lancaster Baptist Church out in California, and has a good testimony of. Uh, some good literature. So recommended that to yes. you. Go ahead and do that and let us know if you get it, if you read it, what you think of it. Send us a, a review. We'll mention that on the air. Uh, if you do happen to get any of these books that we mentioned and read them and write us about them, Teresa, where can they find us at? Explicitly us at gmail.com. Do it. Do it. And so those are your four. Now, I think it goes without saying that you have some Bible reading somewhere in your life, right? I do. And I'm actually doing this program this year to read through my Bible on my app mm-hmm. is this program. I don't think I even told you about this. You keep it your spiritual side to yourself. <laughs> I guess. Um, but it's a different genre each day. Okay. And so seven different days a week, I'm reading somewhere different. So like one day I'm reading Joshua, then I'm next day I'm reading in Psalm and then Job, Isaiah, Matthew, so Romans, Genesis. Around. So it goes through the different genres of the books of the Bible, mm-hmm. and then it picks up where you left off when on you come back that following week. Cool, and I'm really enjoying that. And by seven uh, different genres, you're talking about the seven genres of the Bible, like poetry, yes. historical. Because like they've got Genesis, Joshua, Psalm, Job, Isaiah, Matthew, Romans. I'm reading all of those at once, mm-hmm. but one a day yeah and then it starts again the next week no you didn't tell me about that that's really cool it is really cool i'm enjoying it a lot fantastic try that y'all and you do that you use the abide app for reference but i don't think you use the abide app because it's not uh, this is olive 
olive tree? tree? Olive tree. Yeah, because on there you can pick the version you want to use. And yes. of course, we use and abide by the King James Version of the Bible. Yep. And it's got my Strong's Concordance built in, mm-hmm. so I can look up my words. Fantastic. Yep. Well, here's what I'm reading. Hold on, let me reach over. Oops. Hitting things. I have been a long time on this one because I, I took a break from this one. Um, it looks like an old book. It is an old book, actually. Um, I I like old books. I like... What do I like about old books? I like old things. I like antiques. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could have my way, I would, I would live in a house with antiques. Um, I like old things. This book... Man... Listen to this. This is, let's see, let's see if I can find a date. I can't find a date. I thought there was a date here. The previous, or not a previous owner, a owner is listed in the book, but I don't see the year. Man, I know I have the year here. The author is one Gypsy Smith, and it's actually a collection of his messages. It's, it's So it's not, it's a collection of his messages. It's not a continuous book. And the title is As Jesus Passed By. And that was the title of one of his messages, As Jesus Passed By, Gypsy Smith. And his dedication. Man, if you ever read any of his books and you just look at his dedication, it, it fascinates me the depth at which men, um, our senior, that have come before us can wield their words. I mean, I struggle to get that sentence out. <laughs> And these guys can just set to pen some amazing phrases and some, you can tell in just a few words, it's well thought out. So here's, for instance. When did he live? Are we talking like early 1900s? You know, he um, was a, in his older years, he was a chaplain in the First World War. And so it would have been prior to 1800s or 1900s rather, coming into the 1900s. And I, and I forget the year. Um, I'm looking for the year for this. I don't, I don't see it on here, but here's his dedication. I love it. He says to my wife who so unselfishly and without a murmur has given me up to the call of God and humanity has given me up. Did you say selfishly? Unselfishly. Sorry. I did say, I I added, is that a word? No, I added that who unselfishly and without a murmur has given me up to the call of God and humanity. And I like that phrase, who has given me up. Hmm. I mean, just that one phrase can set you to thinking about, do we give our spouse up to the Lord and what the Lord wants to do in their life? Mm-hmm. Ain't that a good thought? Mm-hmm. Just in that one phrase. And um, this, he was um, a, a literal gypsy uh, from Great Britain. I'm not sure what area. I I say I'm not sure, and I read his biography. I'm finished with that book now, but I read his autobiography, which was so fascinating and telling. Um, Now these messages, as Jesus passed by, they had a different method of preaching back then. It was quite different than than the type of preaching we have these days. Have, Have you ever thought about the way they used to preach? And for instance, the New Testament? It's not like they said, hey, turn to John 3.16. Right. Right? And so as time progressed, uh, teaching has evolved. Um, but I think the, the, the main point of preaching is to always get back to thus saith the Lord. You know, this is the word, this is the doctrines that we are to teach. Anyways, it's an interesting thought as you're reading old messages from over 100 years ago, you can see 
some of the way they preached was quite different than how we preach today, um, and yet it was still very effective, right? So that's uh, one of my books I'm reading. And then uh, your sister, I think it was, uh, got me this book for Christmas or birthday. I forget when. Um, and it's called Ordering Your Private World. And she must have thought I needed that. Help uh, me out. Which I do. I do. Um, ordering Your Private World. Do you ever feel like you're, I'm not asking you, Trista, I'm asking the I listeners. I was ready to answer. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll ask you. Okay. Have you ever felt like just nothing's in order and it's a little chaotic and you just need to clean something and put something in order in your life? Every day, yes. <laughs> I'm that way as well. Uh, ordering your private world goes a little deeper into going through the routines. And we're in the ministry. Um, you know, there's a routine of ministry and you that you go through. And within the first chapter of this book, I was I was weeping because, you know, you're, sometimes your heart can get hard and cold to things because of the routine of just going through the motions of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was this. So this is about ordering your the world that nobody sees ordering your private world. Good book. Okay. Oh, I did it again. I keep hitting this thing with my earmuffs. And then I'm reading this book um, that was given to me at Christmas by, I think, my sister Sherry. And this is called Gray Matter. My Christmas or birthday? I'm not sure which. Uh, it's called Gray Matter. It's it's by a Dr. Levy, David Levy. Um, gray Matter uh, in reference to the brain. But also, it's kind of a, a play on words of the gray matter of the subject matter of prayer and the medical field. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anybody listening that is um, a nurse, practitioner, a nurse, a doctor, uh, in the field at all of medicine, you tell us, is prayer something that, I wouldn't say the word taboo, but something that is maybe shrugged off as, oh, for people who don't understand medicine, you can pray and, you know, that will take away any kind of worry, fret, or fear, um, and you can just have that comfort. That's how a lot of medical professionals think of prayer. They think of God. They think of this, um, the spiritual is, oh, for these weak-minded people who are not educated. And therefore, if a doctor is somebody who believes in God and who prays, and then this doctor must be incompetent. He must be not as skilled because he's not trusting in his skills. He's he's having to, you know, kind of like uh, wearing a, a a lucky pendant or <laughs> you know a rabbit's foot, or he needs something extra because he don't he don't he's not uh, skilled enough. And so this is a book about a doctor and his spiritual journey in um, in in coming to that point where he started praying with his patients and offering prayer for them and asking them before surgery if he could pray with them and talks about the battles that he went through associated with that mm-hmm. and uh, very interesting um, book uh, that deals with again it's his personal testimony of, of the things that he thought going through this and um, God God is involved in our lives and, and is very real. And so I'm, in, I'm about halfway through this one. That's that's a good one for if I am, um, the other day I was waiting for a haircut um, there in town. And because of 
uh, the virus and everything, you got to wait outside. You can't wait inside. And so I was sitting out on a, on a bench on Main Street reading this book, and it was a great distraction. And it was easy, very easy to get tearful in this book too, um, having gone through uh, a brain surgery and knowing that this fella is actually a brain surgeon that is that is um, writing this book and some of the things that the people are going through and, and uh, I can definitely um, I identified with several of these stories hmm. and they caught me in the middle of something weeping uncontrollably. And then lastly, um, this book uh, that I have been reading, it's, it's a small book, but I have taken my time in reading it. I'm about halfway through it as well. I've really enjoyed what I've read. And I've scanned all the way through it, but then I had to go back and, and make sure I read it. And it's called Heart Language. And it says, let's communicate like Jesus and change the world. Heart Language. Now, this book is written by a friend of mine, and his name's Randy Dignan. And if you are in the ministry, if you are a pastor and you have a deaf ministry or you want to have a deaf ministry, um, or you're interested in the deaf ministry, if you know somebody through your church community that is deaf and you want to have a basis um, to come to their level on and and uh, just be able to get mm, your heart challenged, I guess I would say, in that um, communication field, I would recommend that you look up Pastor Randy Dignan, and he has a YouTube channel called, I'm, I'm going by memory here, so give me a second, the listening heart. I was going to say it's heart too. I think it's called the listening heart. And what, first of all, let's, for just a second, let's talk about the man. I would call him an unorthodox preacher because he's a very, very exciting preacher, like more so than any I've ever heard, but not the kind of excitement where you feel like you got beat up but rather the excitement that wants you to run out of the building doing something for God. He's just an excitable guy, and he's so excited about his God. And so he brings that into his preaching, so much so that you're like, hey, guy, calm down, all right? You're making making us look bad over here. We're not as excited as you. You need to calm down. But he doesn't come across that way. He's very humble. And uh, he, he does do cartwheels when he preaches. And I don't know, there's probably... I don't know if he does them at his church. I know when he goes out on evangelism uh, tours and things, he does them, um, and it keeps your attention, and the kids think it's funny and stuff, but he gets he gets it uh, involved, and he actually does it. He's a big guy. He's kind of funny. He's a big guy, but he does these cartwheels perfectly, might I add, mm-hmm. and I would never do them, but hey, teach his own. And so uh, I've been reading this book, and the fascinating thing about him is um, his mom and dad are deaf um his whole family i don't know how to he, he he explains it so much better his his mom and dad's mom and dad were were deaf he grew up uh as a coda which i believe is a hearing child raised by deaf parents is what a coda is i believe um so he he kind of takes us into this world of growing up like that and getting back to heart language um that the love of Christ is not um, given in English. It's not given in Aramaic. It's not given in Hebrew. It's not given in Greek. It's given in heart language. 
and uh, his parents taught him that. And I want to read um, just a little bit of this to you, uh, just to are let you, you know. Tell the story about him at school. Yes. Are you going to read that? Yes. Are you going to cry? I might. All right. This was so special. Um, be ready to cry, everybody. All right. Um, chapter one: Communication changes the world. It was 1983. I still remember this day like it was yesterday. I was eight years old, and I was in the third grade. This day, I woke up a little more nervous than any other day. Today was the day my class was going to put on a program for our parents. This program was to take place in the latter part of the afternoon so that parents could work out their schedules to be there and watch their children perform. We had practiced for weeks, and today was the big day. Most of my classmates were nervous for a different reason than I was. You see, because the year was 1983 and not 1990 yet, none of the changes 1990 brought had begun. In that year, the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, was passed and became law. This law would grant people with disabilities equal access to the many necessity. I'm sorry, uh, would grant this. Make it back up. This law would grant people with disabilities equal access to the many necessary services provided to the majority. Examples include wheelchair ramps and elevators for wheelchair users, better accommodations for persons with visual impairments, and of course, readily available sign language interpreting for persons with hearing loss across the country. The deaf would, I'm sorry, the deaf world has seen huge strides in minimalizing barriers between the deaf and hearing world. The government has helped with that as technology has been developed to help people with hearing loss. And today, you will regularly see sign language interpreters working in their communities all over the world. Which, side note here, just me, out of the book. Um, he actually does a lot of interpreting for his um, either mayor or governor, maybe, even the governor. Because mm -hmm. um, he's so good of an interpreter. Uh, which is it's fascinating. He's like... He looks like a big brute. He looks like he's this big bodybuilder, and he interprets with such enthusiasm. It's 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 really a beautiful thing to see. All right, back to the book. It's very graceful. Very, very graceful. Um, and yet he's this big, mm -hmm. strong-looking guy, and usually it's, it's a very feminine thing to have an uh, interpreter and even a man. Um, he, he told me this one time. He said men oftentimes come across as feminine mm. because of the way they were taught about your hands and things like that, and he would tell he tells men all the time that hey, you don't you don't have to be feminine. You can still be a man, <laughs> and you know do a good job. It's very interesting. All right, back to the book. But back in 1983, I was nervous. The program was definitely in the back of my mind, but my reason for being nervous was not specifically the program. I knew my parents would be attending. They had gotten the letter. I'm, I'm starting to get all <laughs> tore up. Uh, they had gotten the letter the teacher sent home with the students announcing the time and date of the program. I was to stand up on a platform with my classmates singing some songs and quoting some stanzas. Here is why I was nervous. Who would interpret for my parents? There were no interpreters. None of my classmates had parents who knew sign language. I could try to do it, but would they see me? I was taller than some of my classmates, so I always stood in the back row. But my classmates' faces and heads would block my hands even if I did try to sign. 
I wanted to tell my parents that they did not need to attend. I would understand. I could explain everything to them later. The time came. The program was starting. I climbed onto the stage and scanned the crowd. There, in the back, I saw my dad and mom. Both were smiling and signing, I love you, to me. I returned their smile. When the program started, I sang with my class and recited the stanzas, and there my parents sat, unable to understand any of it. They knew nothing of what was being said. They did not hear the instruments or the song. They had no clue what the program was about, yet there they sat, smiling. My father was an educator with two master's degrees, and my mother, my mother also was an educator with a bachelor's degree, yet they weren't able to understand anything presented by the third grade class that day. What still brings tears to my eyes many years later is that they knew they wouldn't be able to understand any of the program, and yet they still came. Some may wonder why. My parents, as well as many other deaf of their generation grew up watching television and movies trying to guess the storylines, plots, and endings without ever hearing the words. They would try to read lips even, and that was hardly ever accurate. As the program continued, I kept seeing my dad and mom smiling from year to year. Then I could feel it coming. The quiver of my lip was starting. See, I've always been a crier. <laughs> there, came the, there came the waterworks. My classmates began to look at me out of the corner of their eyes. My teacher was also noticing me with concern. This was not part of the program. Parents in the audience viewed me with concern as well. I am sure many thought that day was that day that I was experiencing a dose of stage fright. Maybe they thought my nerves had gotten the best of me. I mean, the children in my class were only in the third grade, only eight, maybe nine years old. They did not know why I was crying, and they never... Uh, and, and they never would. Even if I had told them, they wouldn't have understood. Anyway, it was okay. I got it. It was not their fault. Ignorance is not always a bad or negative word. You can't be angry or get frustrated when people don't understand a certain situation. Two people in the crowd that day knew full well why this eight-year-old boy was crying. I call them dad and mom. They understood, and they were going to be there anyway. Why? because they loved their son and wanted me to be sure I knew it. This was a significant day for me. Although I am sure I had many opportunities to recognize heart language prior to this day, at that moment I truly recognized it. I am 40 years old at the time of this writing. I have been married for 22 years and I am the father of four children. This lesson still resonates in my mind and especially in my heart. Acts of love and demonstrations of genuine care truly do leave lasting impressions. For it was on this day, as an eight-year-old third grader, that I realized I was being taught my third and most important language for life, heart language. I like the English language, and I love American Sign Language, but heart language has truly changed my life. That day, I became a student of heart language without even realizing it. Class was in session. Lessons were being distributed. I entered the School of Heart Language, and I had two of the best instructors a student could ask for. I call him dad and I call her mom. Oh my goodness. That was hard to hold back. Uh, this book can be found on Amazon. Um, that's probably the best place to get it. Um, but if you want to look his church up, if you're interested in having him in for a meeting um, or if you are um, interested in getting more information on um, the 
non-hearing community, the deaf community, um, look him up. Um, Bible Baptist Church. Did, did I get his church name right? Yes. Bible Baptist Church in um, Jefferson, Jefferson City, City, Missouri. Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, wow. If you're ever in that way and you want to go to a good church service, go by there. You will have a great time. Look him up on YouTube. Just fascinating. He actually has, if you ever just want to learn sign language, um, you can go to that page on YouTube and look him up. And he actually um, teaches. He'll teach you a couple words a day, and you can go through that with him. And uh, he, it, he teaches the Bible through it. I mean, words from the Bible. He teaches how to you know lead someone to Christ through it. It's really, really fascinating. And we love his kids. Sweet, sweet family. Um, his kids are weird. They're telling each other they love one another all the time. That is weird. It is so weird. <sighs> they're all the time. I, you know, I love my brother. I love my sister. And they're teenagers and young people. And, you know, I never, I didn't, look, I grew up in a Christian home, a good Christian home. But we didn't tell each other we loved one another until we got to be adults and we understood everything, you know. But these kids, you can tell, you can tell the depth of, of love is real, when your own kids are expressing it one to another, it's just different, mm-hmm. you know. And we don't compare families with one another and say this family's better than this family, but man, their family's got the, they got the heart language thing down. And uh, what a sweet family, the Dignans, the Brand- Dignans, Randy Dignan, Randy Dignan family, talented family. They do a lot of singing. If you want to have them in your in your church, um, if you if you have deaf in your church, what a great opportunity to have a man in who can preach and sign at the exact same time. His family will get up and sing. All of them can sign perfectly, flawlessly. At, they could stand up and sing and sign at the same time. They'll sing and he'll sign for them. That's my favorite, I think, is when they sing mm-hmm. and the dad signs because you don't honestly want to hear him sing. I've heard him sing, and uh, I tell him, go back to signing. <laughs> so uh, he preaches so much and so so. Um, passionately that his voice is always out every time i see him is always scratchy you know and so his his kids will sing and his wife will sing and they play instruments and uh then he'll sign and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen so randy diggin bible baptist church jefferson city missouri there's another advertisement for you getting the plugs in getting the plugs in (laughs) but look them up and if you do if you're encouraged by them let us know um if you talk to him let him know you heard about him on explicitly us and our podcast over here mention our names, Andy and Trista Sharpetta. Because he probably won't know it explicitly. Yes, he probably won't know. He probably <laughs> won't know. He'll be like, "What?" <laughs> Doesn't sound right. But boy, that was. I, I'm really enjoying that book as well, and it it gets into more stuff in that book. But uh, I, I've been enjoying reading um, these selections, and so hey, perhaps you'll write to us and let us know what you're reading and what you're into um, lately. Yes, give us some more suggestions on what our next books can be. If we should be reading any other books, uh, tell us what we should be reading, okay? Um, If there's a series that we need to be reading, let us know what that series is as well. And uh, I would would enjoy getting into some more books. Right now I'm at four. I don't know that I could do many more (laughs) than four. I have two books in the wings that I'm waiting on, and so we'll see how those go. Keep reading. Keep reading. Hey, Trista, thank you for being on today. I love you. Love you. All right, we'll see you all next time. Thank you for joining us on the Explicitly Asked podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You'll be the first to listen to our show when it's released every Monday. See you next time on Explicitly Asked.